0: Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hello everybody. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. Bit of a disclaimer at the top of the show, Uh, you may be able to tell from my voice, I'm just coming off a bit of a coldy fluy season at the moment, so I may not be able to muster my usual energy, but I'll do my best.
1: I think it's more like some kind of deadly infection that you've garnered from... Like, partying way too hard, and now your body is... Yeah, that's what I
0: do, right? It certainly wasn't just a prolonged period at work in an enclosed environment with thousands of people. Sorry, you were surrounded by sneakers, sir. I wasn't, actually.
1: Oh, well, damn it.
0: But I usually am. Today we watched episode 18 of Stardust Crusaders, entitled... I think we know what the title is. Well, I was just checking if there was a the, and it turns out there's not. So it's entitled... Sun.
1: What? There's no the?
0: Yeah. It covers chapters 166 through 167 of the manga. Oh. That's two chapters, Nick. That's less than usual. That is
1: less than usual. That's only two chapters. That's two more than zero. Whoa. And that's terrible. That's eight less than ten. It all comes together. <laughs> and eight
0: plus ten is eighteen, and this is the 18th episode. And if you put eight sideways, then it's infinity. Oh my god, we're through the looking glass here, people. It goes all the way Bushed to the top. Push did 9
1: <laughs> Mathematics can't melt steel beams. What a gate! <laughs> well, that's getting cut. <laughs> Is it though? I don't know. Maybe it's not. We open in media res. Oh my god, it's my favourite.
0: Did you ever watch the um, 2004-ish um, Ninja Turtles
1: cartoon? Um, I With, think like, so. The Pseudo
0: rap theme song.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That
0: would open basically every episode like this, where you know they're in the turtles are in a bad situation because like. The garbage man is gonna cut off one of their heads or something, yeah. and then one of them narrates: "We thought we were prepared for what was awaiting on garbage man's garbage island. We were wrong." Dun dun. And then you, yeah, we do that. We do that. Except we get in shots the of the sun high overhead, sweltering desert, everything steaming. We see a punctured flask and some broken binoculars. Everyone's in some sort of cave. They're yeah. sweating and breathing heavily, and Joseph monologues. How could this happen? We totally fell for it. We thought we were ready, but we weren't. We shouldn't have come to Garbage Man's Garbage (laughs) Island like this. This is a garbage place for garbage people. (laughs) We're not garbage
1: people. We come from better places. And we cut to the OP. I love those openings. Oh, it's so good. The thing is, I know some people who hate those openings because it removes all tension if you know what's going to happen. Right.
0: But I think it's not something... You should do all the time, i.e. in the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yes. But I think in times like this where it's just something that happens once, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, because you're like, oh, yes, now I get to figure out how they got in this crazy, zany situation. Yeah. Whereas if it's all just building up to that point, you go, ah, oh, this is weird. It's like
0: that episode of Seinfeld um, that they did in reverse order. Okay. Where, like, they, they would do a scene and then they would do the scene chronologically before that. So you would see how everything that happened in the last scene came to be. Right. I'm pretty sure
1: people didn't like that episode very much. It's but like,
0: it can be neat seeing how things all... Yeah,
1: like Memento, where everything is done in the wrong order. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, I feel like I have short-term memory loss. <laughs> I better write a bunch of things on me.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the OP in a bit more detail this week. <gasps> We're doing it. We're doing it. Stand Proud is the third OP
1: of J.J.'s Bizarre Adventure. Stand Proud. Stand Proud. I think people get it, Nick. I just want to emphasize how dumb it is. Stand proud. The two things that Jotaro stands for. Stands, I mean, not really. I mean stands and pride. Uh, He's all about that shit.
0: Anyway, um so the lyrics are a little interesting on this one because the first phrase is and this is I think a fairly literal translation because the grammar is a bit so-so, okay. taken from JoJo Wiki. And now these gathering stardusts summoned in the awakening of a century old Catastrophe, which is in um, Uh parentheses for some reason, century old.
1: What? Why is it? Catastrophe. Yeah,
0: it's in a century old catastrophe, and all these brave, in parentheses, (laughs) men must face now a race beyond the sands of time with this journey. Okay, that does sound very badly translated. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it must just be very literal. I would assume, but yeah, just that phrase. And now these gathering stardusts summoned and like. There's not really anything about Stardust in this part. Let's be frank. Well,
1: I mean, they are Stardust Crusaders, right? That's what they are, maybe? Possibly. Do we even know why they called this section Stardust Crusaders yet? I believe I do. Um, Or at least I have an idea of why it could be,
0: but I'm not going to be able to talk about that until part five. Shit. Okay.
1: Because, I mean, right now, there's no reference to space. There's no reference to stars, and by God, there is very little reference to dust. Without giving anything away,
0: really, it just... The way I would interpret it is having to do with the fact that some stuff we learn about how Stans may or may not have come to be, and the way... Right. Well, and the fact that this is the first part with Stans. Okay. Alright. Okay. Race beyond the Santa time in this journey, entangling all like a chain, intertwining karma with one's... Fate shrouded by the
1: platinum. Fate shrouded by the plat- Hang on. Hang on a minute here. Someone we know has a platinum. Really? Yeah. It, it's like star platinum. Aha!
0: Uh-huh, really? Wait a minute. Star platinum. <laughs> stand up, stand up, stand up. Shooting across and beyond. All right now, all right now, all right now. It's a vigorous bullet. Jojo, Jojo, Jojo. <laughs> break you down, break you down, break you down. Let these fists fly free and with this hallowed vision, stand proud. Well, that last line is fairly self explanatory. Yeah. Hallowed Vision, of course, is a stand. Yep. Uh, Fist Flying Free, South Platinum, blah, 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 blah. Wait, Hallowed Vision is a stand? Sure. Is they it? talk about, like, a projection of energy and a, an image or a, oh, a vision.
1: Yeah, all right, that's, fair, that's yeah. fair. Yeah.
0: And, you know, flying fists. And there's a second and possibly third verse, but who cares about that? <laughs> there is possibly a third Oh, this verse. is interesting. Any parenthesis in the English translation are added words meant to complement the existing lyrics to fill up the bars of the song. By itself, the raw translated words cannot be sung along. Oh. So I guess that's just them editorialising a bit, but I think if they're going to do that... Oughtn't they not to clean up the grammar a bit too? (laughs) (laughs) No, man. There's no need to clean up grammar when you're this good. (laughs) It's a vigorous bullet. Jojo, Jojo, Jojo. And I think as of this episode, we have all of the major references to events of this part. Right, Picked out of the OP Because we see yes. that in that one sequence Where they're all showing off the, their stands And we see the boat and the cable car Also a big sun in the background and... Which is, you know, a significant feature in this episode it's Slightly, yes There's also a shot of the gang riding camels And uh, possibly the same shot I can't quite recall you see The Rock that plays a significant part in this episode.
1: Oh! Okay, well, it's good now that I can see it, but uh, I'm going to have to wait till next week yeah. to confirm. Or I can show you afterwards. Yeah, possibly. It's like, see? It's The Rock! Something
0: else we also watched in preparation for this little discussion is the, um... Oh, God. We could only find one of the two that I wanted to show Nick, but, uh... The video is demonstrating that this theme song and the theme song, the first theme song for Sailor Moon Crystal sync up perfectly.
1: Yeah, so I think it was, we watched the JoJo opening theme with the Sailor Moon song. Yeah, with Moon Pride, I think it's called. Moon Pride. <gasps> what? Like Stan Proud. Y- yes, yes, like Stan Proud, <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, well, that's a fun coincidence, isn't it?
1: <laughs> is it a coincidence? Probably.
0: <laughs> it's written by the same guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, simply put,
1: how... Just how did this happen? I
0: think obviously there must be just a convention or a commonality that anime OPs have a certain sort of rhythm to them. You know, yeah. they have a, a slow part here, then a fast part here, generally speaking. But um, it's just amazing how well this syncs up in terms of like having rad guitar solos at the same
1: spots. And I know, that's the thing that gets me, right? Is that even in like JoJo's OP, mm-hmm. the solos kick in at the same time. Yeah. So you've still got the
0: same progression. They have very similar um, movements in the song that both coincide, uh, A, with the time and B, with the sequence of the characters showing off their
1: powers. And even, like, it's just bits like where Dio's like weird hand-drawn bit happens. Yeah. That, how that's quiet. That had a bit. particular
0: musical sting to it, too. Just like, what, how, <laughs> how, though? How that's hilarious. You? It's amazing. So when that when people became largely aware of that when it was airing, you would get fan art of like the Stardust Crusaders all in Sailor Moon outfits, <laughs> silhouetted against a big moon.
1: And, oh yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I know that um, I saw there was another one that was like stand proud, uh, not stand proud, Moon Pride. Yep. With JoJo's head. Yes. Superimposed <laughs> on Sailor Moon's body. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, it's always amazing when that happens. Yeah. The internet is a weird place. Sure is.
0: Yeah. That's probably, you know, a fairly comprehensive look at the OP. <laughs> uh, I would recommend also those, um, we've discussed this a couple of times before, there's a series of YouTube videos called um, What's in an OP? Okay. And he's done, the guy who does those have done, certainly these three that we've covered so far, Jojo OPs. Mm-hmm. He has a bit of a look at the visual symbolism in the uh, in the animated
1: sequences, and they're, they're well, 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 well worth looking into. They're not ridiculous. Like, as you can see, this is a reference to 1970s Japan. When the economy was doing this. <laughs> no, no, it's, okay.
0: you know, he points out a lot of subtle, re- more subtle references to events that are foreshadowed or... Yeah. Sometimes uh, I don't necessarily agree with all of his a- anal- analysis, but it's
1: definitely, you know, Ooh. solid reading in its own right. Disagreement and analyses. Interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, that's your opinion, There's man. There's
0: nothing, nothing wrong with that.
1: Who isn't there? No. Isn't there wrong with being on the right side of the analysis? I mean, watching shows and interpreting
0: them isn't about being correct. It's just about, you know, getting meaning. I don't know. I like to be correct, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> so, back in the past. Yep. It's it's like a day before when we started.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like 24 hours yeah.
0: beforehand. The narrator informs us that after the gang beat up the lovers, they took the politically unstable route from Iran to Iraq. Oh. Then crossed the Arab Sea uh, through Karachi. <gasps> and entered the United Arab Emirates oh, God, I love the United Arab Emirates <laughs> And we, we rejoined them in a car dealership Why Why are we at a car dealership? Why Joseph needs to buy a big f- fancy car Oh well that
1: makes sense Wait a big I mean, fancy car? Yeah n-
0: not, not say as Polnareff suggests An off-road vehicle Which might be useful going through the desert Indeed that seems far more practical Yeah and meanwhile Polaref is flirting with Some woman <laughs> in the dealership I love Polnareff. If I could I'd buy you a car But how about just dinner? <laughs> Well, well, how about we get dinner? And Joseph walks up and slams the contract into his hair and it's like, let's go. And it ruins his hair. And he's like, hey, don't touch the hair. And
1: we get the greatest shot of him without sticking up hair as he slowly tufts it back into position. Yeah.
0: It sort of gradually morphs back into his usual flat top after Joseph ruined
1: it. And he's like, it's hard to get it right. Don't touch my hair. I just love that um, as he's morphing it, it goes through this weird phase of like still kind of separate pieces. And then this one giant flat top bit. Yeah. Like a flat top, you might say. So they're driving out in their
0: brand new car and they're like, wow, this place is really swanky. It's like mansions everywhere. Yeah. Back in Japan, these houses would go for three or four billion yen, but it's normal here. I think
1: it was Joseph who said that and that makes sense because he's a real estate baron if you recall. He is. I thought it was like oh, this is the one time where Joseph's knowledge of real estate could actually come in handy. A yeah. lot of
0: real estate in Yakuza 0. How much are we talking? Kiryu becomes a real estate broker when he gets kicked out of the Yakuza uh, and if you if you follow the real estate minigame through to its conclusion he ends up owning basically all of the property in Kamurocho before the first game. I see. Or at least managing it if not owning. Okay.
1: I was going to say, if he owned everything, then the next game... And then it's
0: never addressed. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that would include something like, oh, your business has been declared insolvent. But no. Guess you don't own it all anymore. But
1: nope. Bro, it's Yakuza. You don't need to think. No, exactly.
0: Did we talk on air about the Sailor Moon-themed Hoses game? No, we didn't. Okay, just, just because we discussed Sailor Moon before, I'll circle back around to that. So yep. Kiryu has his... To Make Money has his... Real estate mechanic Whereas the other protagonist Majima uh, Gets into like Hostess clubs Which is something They put in every game For whatever reason uh, I think we all know why So you um, You know You select the girls That are going to work At the roster that night And uh, train them up And yep. help them out If they need it During their shift And you make money right Yeah And you make a heap of money okay, good But uh, They each have two plots About like five evil people who are taking over the local hostess slash real estate business in the area. Better defeat them. Oh, no, and no. all of Majima's are vaguely Sailor Moon themed because, you know, the club you're operating runs Club Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Is Club Sunshine. And the other five evil ones that you gradually shut down over the course of the, the minigame plot are uh-huh. uh, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and the
1: Moon. Oh, that sounds oddly familiar yeah. to Sailor Moon. And yeah.
0: then every time you defeat one of them uh, along the, the little mini plot, you've met their best girl. And then she joins your club after that and you know, the Mars one wears a red dress and the Jupiter uh, one wears a green dress. It all comes the together. Mercury one wears a blue dress and the Venus one wears an orange dress <laughs>
1: and the moon one wears a silver dress. Of course, of course. I never understood why Sailor Moon was the most powerful one though.
0: Like but she's the least
1: like the chosen one. But like the moon is the smallest of the celestial bodies. <laughs> you know,
0: but it, it, there's a whole thing about how it was like the epicenter of some magical intergalactic kingdom. I guess, but why not sail the sun? Which, the thing about the sun, Nick, is it's kind of inhospitable. <laughs> it is inhospitable.
1: Wait a minute, so fucking
0: Venus. Yeah, but at least it's solid. <laughs> and it's made of fire. What about Jupiter?
1: It's just a giant gas cloud. <laughs> it's got moons though. Yeah, but we're not talking about Sailor Europa. We're talking about Sailor Jupiter. Well, Jutaba. maybe we should be. <laughs> hang on, guys. Hang on. There's a conspiracy. I don't think it pays to sort of overanalyze this sort of thing. Excuse me. I will
0: overanalyze any show. Sailor then, Mars plus. has two pet ravens named Phobos and Deimos, which are the moons of Mars. Touché. Touché. <laughs> I stand very correct. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So that's the thing about Majima and Hostess Clubs and Sailor Moon. <laughs> glad we got that out there.
1: Yep. I'm glad. <laughs>
0: So, significant foreshadowing in this scene. They're driving along in their fancy car and they're like, man, the sun is harsh here in the United Arab Emirates, but it's comfy in the car with this
1: air conditioning. I'm glad that we have this car. You'd never know how hot it was outside. Oh, man. It's good that we don't die outside in the sun. Yeah. Which is incredibly hot and inhospitable.
0: Good thing we have
1: air conditioning. Oh, and we're... Available now
0: from Joseph Joestar Realty. Hey. So, Kakiwine... He keeps talking this episode about how he feels like he's being watched And in this scene he's like The view is amazing If anyone's after us we'd spot them But I feel like we're being watched
1: Little do we know maybe they are
0: Yeah But Joseph dismisses his worries And is like Hey here's our plan now 100 kilometres northwest of here There's a village called Yarpline. We're gonna go there and get an Cessna And then fly that across the jet desert Joseph will pilot it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, it's going be, gonna to be rad. We couldn't take planes before because we didn't want to take a big passenger plane and risk other people's lives, but if it was just us in the plane, we'll be
1: fine. It'd Jotaro, be- at this point, <laughs> yeah. dons his hat back and goes, uh, no offence, old man, but I wouldn't trust a man to fly that plane who's been in three plane crashes. <laughs> That's quite a record. He's been fine in every one of them, though. He has. I mean, he did lose his arm in one, kind of. Yeah, I guess... I mean, he did fly very high afterwards. True. So, technically he, he was... He was on a plane. Yeah, he was on a plane. Yeah. He was a planar surface for quite some time. <laughs> he was in the Feywild, which is <laughs> one of the, the less trustworthy planes. <laughs> uh, it's way better than the solar or alchemical planes. It's an Exalted reference, by the way. Yeah, well, that one went over my head. <laughs> yep, good, good. It went over mine as well. But, you know, it's all good. Anyone who plays Exalted will get it.
0: Yeah, they're of. loving this. All those exalted all, heads out there. All two of, uh... Oh, yeah, man. Who's yeah. your favourite exalted? I
1: like the green one. Oh, yes. The green one. I am a fan of Primordials. Uh, I... I, I love their soup. I haven't actually played exalted, but a friend of mine, he just goes on about it non Okay. So I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so they drive to this little outpost. Yep. And they want
0: to trade their car for some camels. Why? Because camels are great in the desert, and a luxury car would not be. That makes sense. If only there was some sort of, say, off-road vehicle that would have been Mm. useful for this. Like some sort of practical alternative. Some sort of four-wheel drive, off-road, all-terrain vehicle. Huh.
1: Hmm. If only there was something like that. Yeah,
0: someone should invent something like that. Oh, I got an idea. Yeah? I'll call it a meep. And we're done. (laughs) So camels are expensive and they're not easy to take care of, warns the guy. But uh, Joseph uh it doesn't matter. You, know, you can have the car and he's like, the whole car? What? That's worth so much money. And Joseph informs us. And I'm not sure this is true. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to write a check in a place like this and they don't trust cash here. So he stumbled onto some sort of secret barter economy. Yeah, something where only trading cars is accepted. And it was just like, you know a few kilometres away where they bought this expensive car and, I mean, you know, there are all those 4 billion
1: yen houses. Yeah, they could literally boom. drive back, write a cheque at a bank... Drive back again, and then just purchase... I don't think that's what he meant
0: when he said he couldn't write a check. I think he meant, Republic credits are no good here. Oh, right, I see.
1: So many Star Wars references. He should have pulled out his
0: chance cube. <laughs> he was like, red, uh, you can have the car. Blue, I get the camels. And then he uses home at purple to
1: control Ooh, the outcome. Sneaky. Or he could just use Hamon. Chance cube overdrive. <laughs> I hate and love the term chance cube. Just call it a dice. <laughs> but they can't because that's not futuristic. <laughs> Pasteuristic. Pasteuristic. <laughs> Other <of> Galaxy <laughs> They didn't have dice, they had chance cubes. That's what they were. So dumb.
0: <laughs> Great. Yep, so you know They buy these camels. Yeah, it takes a day to get there on to get to Yarpline on them, but it'll be fine. Uh to make up for how much more valuable the car is, they get some water.
1: Well, I mean the water's worth nothing compared to the camels.
0: Or the car. Or the car. Yeah. <laughs> so they have these camels. Polyrep is like, oh, it stinks.
1: It just gets, like, breathed on by it. It's three
0: meters tall. I'm meant to get on. And it shoots out, like,
1: yellow mist. Green, fart smelling noise mist stuff from its nose. That's what they call it. (laughs) That is canonical now. That's
0: a uh, veterinary veterinary term. (laughs) That is also canon now. (laughs) A veterinary. So Joseph explains that you have to make them sit to get on, and he grabs its reins and is like, Sit. You have to make them sit to get on. Yeah. You have to make them sit to get on. And it's just not sitting. It's just being a camel. And you're like, Joseph, have you ever ridden a camel before? Because he claimed to be an expert at them. And I think his response is, well, you know, I've seen Lawrence of Arabia. That really long movie, Lawrence of Arabia, three times. I know how to ride a camel. I did fall asleep
1: halfway through most of the time, though. Twice. So don't worry. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Camel slubbers all over his face, as it's wont to do. And he just goes,
0: don't worry though, guys, this makes great sunscreen. Foreshadowing. Ooh. So he's like, okay, you just need to learn to understand how these camels feel. Let's negotiate. So. So he, he's like, he gets okay, Joseph's camel, day. will you sit down for 50 yen? And the camel is like, I'll <laughs> oh, sit down no. for 5 billion yen. And Joseph is like, Fine. What? Five billion? I can't possibly afford five billion. And then he draws this line across his hand like a
1: throat. (laughs) What? (laughs) Jesus Christ, I'm sick. (laughs) This whole episode has been improv to the most extreme (laughs) forms.
0: No, he pulls out an an apple and the camel is like, Look, camel, apple. You like apple. And lo and behold, the camel enjoys the apple. And it sits down and he climbs up on it. And he's like, I did it. I'm so high up. And they can close their nostrils to keep sand out and don't make any stupid camel jokes. Like, it's easy once you get over the hump or they'll kick you. Ah, 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 ah. That's, just, that's just, you know, a well-known camel fact. They yep. hate camel jokes. They hate They're meat. very sensitive to jokes about their, their species. Yeah. And you know all the water that's kept
1: in their humps? Mm? It's not true. Is that not true? I don't think so. Oh, I thought it was. Maybe it is because it's you know like a desert traveling. But yeah. I th- I thought it was like it doesn't keep the water in its humps. It's just that it has humps, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's where it keeps its water." But really, oh, okay.
0: was... well, humps can deflate apparently. Oh, so
1: I learned from Cairo Jim
0: featuring Brenda. I think was the name of the telepathic wonder camel in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ever sure. read those Cairo Jim books? No, I... no, I did not. What's the name but... of that guy? I can't remember, they were good. It was like, the world's only archaeologist slash poet. Okay, sure. And it was fun. And he like got into antiquity-based adventures with his camel friend and his
1: bird friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I was more of a video games kind of guy, so... Well! So, uh, sorry. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Solid theatre. No, this was books. Oh. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> so Joseph also gives us some camel facts and... He's against a screen of a camel walking and a horse walking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's like, horses don't walk like camels. Horses walk, you know, in that way. Most quadrupeds walk where... Back and front are different. Well, yeah. So like, you know, their, their steps are sort of closer to being in sync diagonally than...
1: Than vertically. Yeah. yeah. Whereas
0: camels, it's like whole left side moves, then whole right side moves. Yep. Uh, which apparently produces quite a lot of
1: sway. So you want to be careful. Just sort of roll with it. Just go with it. Yeah. Go with the flow. Trust the camel. Believe in the camel. Feel the water inside of its humps and pretend you're the wave. The water that may or may not be there. <laughs> that we cannot be bothered fact checking. I am very curious about this now. Oh, are we actually fact checking this? Now,
0: how many humps does Alice the
1: camel have? Uh,
0: I think it's two. Okay. Because Alice was a horse. <laughs> you remember that song, right? No, no, I a, don't. a children's what? song. What? what Alice is- the camel has two humps.
1: Alice the camel
0: has... And then you count down.
1: I don't think we ever had Alice the camel.
0: And then when you get to Alice the camel has no humps because Alice was a horse. Oh. I think we just... Camels do not directly store water in their humps as was once commonly believed. The humps are actually reservoirs of fatty tissue. Concentrating body fat in their humps minimises the insulating effect fat would have if it it was distributed over the effects
1: of the bodies, having camels survive in hot climates. I feel so correct right now. I just gave a random camel fact that was actually true. son of a bitch.
0: Son of a bitch. Get some great Joseph exclamations in this episode. Oh, there are. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Get a load of this guy. (laughs) Everyone everyone listening, look up the Bactrian camel. It kind of looks like an alpaca, but it's a camel. What a majestic beast. (laughs) Camels are tall, though, aren't they? No,
1: they're like three metres tall. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're enormous. They're like moose, but desert moose. You don't get many camels around here for fairly obvious reasons, but I remember we'd often see them down at the Darlington Arts Festival when we were kids.
1: Yeah, because they were like a little, um, uh, a little kind of appealing beast. So... They, they were novel. They were novel. So they come with, like, camels, like, goats. Ho- camels, horses, segways. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you'd ride them just all day. Some more than others. And they would poop everywhere. Yeah, you, you didn't want to stay around them for long. It wasn't like a petting zoo. It was just like, hey, look, it's a camel. Anyway, so yeah. everyone gets on their camels and Joseph is
0: covered in bandages because he, uh, he had a hard time riding his. Yeah,
1: slightly before that, we get the best shot of all of them watching Joseph, but we don't see Joseph. Yeah. all their eyes are just moving left and to right. And he's just, like, That's screaming. Again. He's like, come on, little guy, come on. You understand me. I understand yeah. you. And then, <laughs> yeah, next shot, they're on their camels and but Joseph is covered in bandages. Let's go out into
0: the desert, guys. Everyone else seems to you just know, agree. have pretty good control of their camels and Joseph... Does, his kind of wanders off in another direction, but he gets in line. <laughs> oh, Joseph, you scamp. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so it's desert time. Uh, they're covering their tracks with some palm trees. Yep, that's a classic anti-tracking technique. Yep, makes sense, makes sense. The only other thing they could have done is go off in a direction for some way, then backtrack. Ooh. But then, being a desert, it's hard to hide your second set of traps, tracks.
1: Especially when it's just flat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Kaki Wins feels like they're being watched again. Jojo's like, I feel something too. And Joseph says, get out your binocs, Jojo.
1: Check it out. I fucking love this bit. Um, Because Jotaro pulls out his binoculars. Mm -hmm. And then he pulls them up to his face. And then Star Platinum comes out. (laughs) Because he has better vision. Oh, it's brilliant.
0: (laughs) He looks around, he doesn't see anything. But something's weird. Something's very weird. And then they're, talk- they're talking about how it's dangerous to travel at night, so when the sun goes down, they will set up camp. But boy, it's hot. It's 50 degrees Celsius. Hey, Polaref, what time is it? Wait, Polnareff? Yeah, Polaref pulls out his watch. No, no. Sorry. Polnareff, Pol- is the po- one sorry says- Polnareff is the one tracking the temperature. Exactly. Who's tracking the time? Uh, Jodoro? Joseph. Okay. Why, it's 10 minutes after 8pm.
1: No, Joseph says, huh, it's 8. Oh, wait, it's 8? Yo, Jodoro, what time is it? He's like, it's 10 after 8. What? What? But the sun's not going down, and now
0: it's sixty degrees oh, Celsius. No. Oh no! That is very hot. Look, the sun—it's now rising in the west. <laughs> That's like the exact opposite of what it's meant to do. Yeah, it must be a stand. Quick, get behind these rocks.
1: So they jump behind some rocks.
0: Yep. The guy wants to boil. They talk about how the guy wants to boil them overnight, like octopuses. But then Joseph says it won't take that long. It's dangerous to be in a sauna for more than thirty
1: minutes. Because Joseph clearly has been in a few saunas in his life. Yep, and a volcano. And a volcano. Seventy degrees now. Oh no! They they
0: they're panicking a bit. They talk about how they should find the user. That's the best way to defeat him. <laughs> so I think at this point, Kakuina's is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna." T-. Oh no, that happens a little bit later. Oh okay, never mind. Um, you don't get to know yet. This <laughs> First, they're, they're arguing about whether maybe it's a long-range stand like the Lovers. It's uh, yes. like, inconceivable! Don't you see how powerful that sun is? Yeah, because the Lovers was weak as shit. That's yeah. why it could go so far. Hmm. And then we, we you know, we cut away a bit. We have some ambient shots of the sun sweltering. We see a plant in the ground shrivel up. A, a scorpion disintegrates. As it as <laughs> is to do. The, one of the camels passes. You know, just normal desert stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Aren't scorpions meant to be kind of heat resistant because all well, the Liam, chitin don't,
1: Liam, don't, don't think about it just don't think about it alright it disintegrated it's the stand just in an
0: instant it was walking <laughs> then it touched a rock basically and just Turns crumbled to, to dust it's just
1: I mean it's a rough time if you're a scorpion in the desert you know yeah. disintegrating and all that.
0: Well, that that reminds
1: me of the parable of the scorpion and the
0: frog where <laughs> the scorpion was like hey frog it's so hot out here in the desert can you take me across the river and let me bathe in it some hmm. and the frog was like but you'll sting me And the scorpion said, no, I won't, I'm cool. And then the frog was like, okay. And then they rode out into the... Into the sunset? Into the uh, river. Mm -hmm. And then the scorpion stung the frog. And the frog was like, why did you do that? Now we're both going to die. And then the scorpion was like, it's in my nature. And then he disintegrated.
1: (laughs) What a classic tale. Yeah. It's a
0: real sort of parable for the ages. It's a real banger. Yeah. Yeah. Hierophant Green goes to check out the sun. Yep, and everyone's like, you'll get burned alive. Yeah, you know the saying, mess with the sun and you'll get... Fucked. If you can't, stay there, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the sun. Hey. Mess was... with the sun and you'll get the horns.
1: Slip, slop, slap, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: yeah, if anything, this episode is just a is a real moralising tale about... The importance of sun protection. I mean, Joseph
1: is the only one with a hat and he's the only, he's one, the only one wearing SPF protecting camel spit. It's true. And guess what? He's the one that stays sane the longest. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that's definitely what
0: was happening. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Hierophant Green flies out towards the sun and as it's getting close, he's going to d- emerald splash it, but then he gets shot by a heap of sunbeams. <gasps> this almost like kills a camel and spills the w- all the water. It kind of looks like lava in a way. Uh, yeah, after it hits the rock, it basically melts the rock and it's yeah. like, "Oh, that's that's that there's molten rock on the surface of the earth. Ergo, it's lava." Mm. That's a hot sun. That's a hot sun That's a hot the sun, Nick. Oh, I'm delirious <laughs> Don't worry, this is all very good So very they're important. all suffering under the heat They're all turning into faded southern bells Oh, the
1: heat, it's so hot oh, out here today I thought, I thought you just meant, like, a ringing bell oh, no. That you would ring I Yeah, they were like, like, ding ding, let's get out of here, <laughs> Joseph Ding ding, let's fuck out of here, boys Oh,
0: it's so hot, Jotaro, would you please dig us a hole so we can take shelter? Yeah, no problem That's a different accent <laughs> I'm doing Brooklyn now. and you just Star Platinum punches a hole in the ground and they all climb on in. It's like Minecraft.
1: It's really weird. He literally just punches <coughs> the ground and a cave appears. Yeah.
0: You know how in like the first time you ever play Minecraft mm. you spend the whole first day faffing around so when it becomes night you don't have anything to protect yourself. Yeah. So you just like dig a hole and spend the night in there.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't worry. We've all been there, yeah. haven't we? I mean, it's so true to life as well. Mm-hmm. Dig a hole, don't die.
0: Because the guy shot... Cacuine as he was approaching. Mm-hmm. They know he must be somewhere nearby watching them, but where? Beep. Also, Joseph's canteens w- was busted up in that assault. Oh, they have no shit! water left. shit! He says. <laughs> yep, good impression. Thank you, thank you. Everyone's sweating heavily. They have to think.
1: Where could he possibly be? Yeah. Joseph. Jotaro, get out those binocs again. So we see the best shot of just the side of the cave, mm-hmm. and then these two lenses as they just slowly poke out. Yep. And then... Lava! Right through the Binox.
0: So we have the busted canteen and the busted Binox we saw in the prologue. <gasps> so we've... we uh, we've We're caught we've, up! We've reconciled the timeline. Oh my god, it's a stable timeline. There's a really trippy sequence of just like heat stroke here. Yeah, it's... Um... There's a lot of shots of the sun in the sky sweltering and red light. And...
1: and then we get full 2001 A Space Odyssey and everything starts swirling yeah, in on itself. Yeah, just a lot of ambient colour. Uh, very strong, vibrant contrasts, mm-hmm.
0: uh, free love, etc. And just before we move into the sort of the, climax of the episode, there's a shot I really like of the gang, uh, the hole they're in, uh, the sun in the sky, mm-hmm. and then also just the, the rest of the night sky being black silhouetted, mm. or, uh, you know, as a background. Mm. Solid shot. Yeah, good animation direction or whatever Kakuin starts laughing uncontrollably he <laughs> looks really stupid he looks he's like, really and weird. sounds quite stupid too he's like <laughs> I wish you could see Liam's face <laughs> when he did that and then Jotaro starts laughing and he looks
1: terrifying <laughs> when he's expressing emotion yeah so for this entire like part I don't think we've ever seen him smile no and now we see him smile just guffawing like a madman you see his teeth for like the first time yeah. ever then Polar F2. What?
0: And Joseph is like, oh my god, they've lost it because of the heat. I'm the only one left who's sane. Oh no! Oh. I have to do something. I have to fix something. Guys, I have- pull it together. We need to stay strong in times of adversity. And then Cacuine's like, no, no, look. Look, this is so stupid. <laughs> Don't worry. This is real dumb. So look at that rock over there. So there's this rock. Yep. And look at that rock over there on the opposite side.
1: So my first thought was, oh, the stand warp space. So it's all a circular region. Not oh, quite.
0: It's dumber than that. <laughs> so. There are these two identical rocks, and if you look carefully you notice that on one of them the shadow is going in the wrong direction. Huh. How interesting. How
1: quaint. What possibly does that? What what flips shadow direction? Some sort of refraction of light, I would guess. Hmm. Maybe not refraction. Perhaps reflection.
0: Oh my god, it's the hanged man again. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Jotaro hops on out of the uh their doom cave, picks up a rock and hucks it hucks it at one of the One of the Rocks. Yeah, and big old crack in space appears, apparently. And Joseph is like, Whoa! A space crack yeah. You've broken the space time continuum. Now I wrote down this quote of uh Jotaro looking disdainfully down at Joseph still in the hole. <laughs> you're pathetic old man. Must be the heat, otherwise it's hard to believe you're my grandpa <laughs> Which is pretty harsh. Yeah. He's been—he's been quite mean to him now. Like uh, when he was getting out to go throw the rock too, he's like, "This is so stupid. Move!
1: <laughs> I can get this done by myself." As if he
0: wasn't fooled the whole time too. <laughs> he was laughing quite yeah. a lot when he found out.
1: But still, it's night
0: again. How long are you going to stay in that hole, old man? And Joseph's
1: was like, "Right, yes, of course."
0: So they go and check out this crack. It's a big mirror. It's literally a giant mirror. So what this dude did—he had a little, he had a little booth, he had a mirrored front surface. Mm-hmm. I assume it had some wheels on it for, for locomotion. Yep. And a chair behind the uh the mirror with a an air conditioner and a little fridge with some water. Yep. And he just chilled there
1: and was waiting for them to literally burn to death. Literally chilled. Hey. 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 Hey How you going? I'm here all night. Uh.
0: And when Joseph, when Jodaro threw that rock, it broke the mirror. For all intents and purposes, killed him.
1: Which <laughs> <laughs> all we see. So they go and investigate it, and they pulled back the cloth. Yes. So that he can use the one way mirror. Did you know, if it's light on the other side, it's just a mirror. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so they pull back the cloth, and it's just this fat dude with a sun shirt. He's got a big old lump on his head from when the rock hit him, and Uh, he's defeated. His eyes are white, he's dead. Joseph is like, wait, it's
0: over? Just like that? But we never even learned his name. But we did. Yeah. Well, first, I'll just complete this exchange first. okay, yeah. Uh... Quite an opponent But once you figure it out It's pretty stupid (laughs) We've defeated our enemy So we can have sweet dreams tonight And it's night time again And everything pans up To the moon in the sky And that's the end of the episode Someone (laughs) says I think
1: it might have been Jotaro But I'm (laughs) not sure (laughs) So this guy Fats Arabia Arabia Fats Arabia Fats Is a short overweight man
0: Who has short spiky hair Seen wearing a t-shirt Bearing a rising sun symbol Much like the imperial Japanese flag Yep Yep, uh that's pretty much all there is to him. Yep, that's his namesake is Fats Domino, the American pianist. I looked him up before. Uh
1: he's kind of like the bizarro version of him in um, that. Of Arabia Fats. Exactly. Cause for one thing Okay, so he still has the sort of fat nature to him. <laughs> he's certainly an engorged man. But one, uh Fats Domino has a flat top. Like Polarev. Exactly. Not quite as like up, but he has a flat top, whereas this guy has spiky hair. Mm. Uh, Fats Domino is a black man. Very, very good pianist. Fats, Arabia Fats. Is a man who lives in the desert behind a mirror. Just a fat white guy who lives in the desert. I don't think he was white. Wasn't he? He's a fat dude that is not... I would assume based on the name that
0: he's probably some sort of Middle Eastern descent. Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah, maybe. Because you know all those Middle Eastern people named Arabia. Yeah. I don't know... For all I know, that could be a, a name. Yeah. Well, but he's not an African-American. Not one that I've heard. No, that's true. He's not
1: an African-American pianist. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and Fats Domino
1: looks quite like a nice chap.
0: Yeah. Not a sort of...
1: Murderous... Murder Sam-san. man. Yeah.
0: yeah. Later in the episode than usual, but we get to it eventually. It's Ooh. time for Tarot Time. <gasps> tell me about the sun. The sun. Let's learn about the
1: sun quickly. <laughs> <laughs> just like, tell me about the sun. Sure thing, I can do that if I just have my... <laughs> the, the The sun. The sun is the... Is it meant to be praised? Shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The sun is the 19th card in the major arcana of the tarot. Mm -hmm. It symbolises enlightenment, uh, experiencing greatness, vitality, and having assurance. No jolly cooperation. (laughs) (sighs) Nicholas, what am I going to do to you? (laughs) You test me, Ballantyne. Brilliant, radiant, sparkling. So many of our words reflect... It's written here. So many of our words reflect, and then in parentheses there's an exclamation point. (laughs) Wait, where is it? Oh my god. So many of our words reflect. (gasps) Metal Gear founder guy noise. (laughs) The power and glory of light. When we turn on a light in a room, we illuminate it so that all dark corners are visible. When we take on the lights in our minds, we are enlightened. We see clearly and understand the truth, both within and without. The energy of light expands our limits and makes us
1: shine. If only we could be so violently incandescent. Gloriously. Is it gloriously? I thought it was violently. you're wrong, so. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Throughout history,
0: people have honoured the sun as the source of light and warmth. Uh, it's a prominent god, full of vigor and courage in many cultures. Uh, it's the vital energy that makes life on Earth possible. In the tarot, the sun also symbolizes vitality and splendor. Definitely not a meek and retiring card. In readings, uh,
1: I'm sorry, it's definitely not a oh. meek and retiring card. Here's an
0: interesting thought. Yeah. In readings, you will understand card 19 if you imagine yourself to be a sun god. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe like Quetzalcoatl for for instance,
1: or Ra. Yeah, just, you know, think of yourself as a giant guy <laughs> who has, like, some kind of weird head. Think of yourself as
0: Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. Mm, mm. And you've created fusion that gives you the power of the sun
1: in the palm of your hand. Pretend that you're Zeus, but you're one of the other Zeus Greek gods. Zeus wasn't the god of the sun! No, but this is where I was going. <laughs> you're the other god of the sun. Artemis? I think so, because he's the guy who ran a lot. Or was it Apollo? It sounds more like... Artemis, mm. I think. I don't know. It's one of those two, whatever. I, all I can remember is that uh, one of the friends in Always Sunny from Philadelphia is named Artemis. Okay. And, and she's always just like... It's also named of one of the cats in Sailor Moon. Oh, there you go. Sailor Moon, the gift that keeps on giving. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How do
0: you think and feel? You have total confidence in yourself. You are not cocky, but prof- profoundly sure of your power. You have unlimited energy and glow with health. When you see this card, know that you'll be successful at all you undertake. Now is the time to let your light shine. Okie dokie. Great. It's opposed by uh the moon, signifying confusion, disorientation, and illusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, reinforced by the tower, enlightenment and revelation, and the world, signifying accomplishment, great and great achievement.
1: Have we had the tower?
0: Yes, the tower was the um the yeah. alien bug that ripped out tongues.
1: Ah uh, yes, that's right. The Grey Tower. Yes, Tower of Grey. Yeah, Tower of Grey. We also
0: had the moon, which was the Freaky Fish Man.
1: The Freaky Fish Man, which is completely forgettable.
0: Yep. Swamp thing. We have not had the world yet.
1: However, something tells me we will, given that this is a very worldly part. Given that we're doing all the tarot, something tells me that (laughs) the world will make an appearance. We'll get there one day. Actually, are you allowed to tell me if every tarot shows up? Um, I I am allowed to tell you, and the answer is... Maybe. uh,
0: I think I have told you before, in fact, uh... All of the major arcana, you know, okay. the world, right. the star, yep. etc., uh do show up. None of the minor okay. arcana, like the Eight of Cups or the Six of Swords. Yep.
1: Okay. All right. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Our Jojo Valet note for The Sun is as follows. When you have a stand representing The Sun, I think this is really the only option, laughs. laughs. I depicted him as a really strong enemy to make you think the fight's going to drag on for several weeks, but it's all a feint and he gets killed off right away. <laughs> Oh, no. No, Araki, you sly
1: dog. You sneaky son of a bitch. You swindler. You utter author, you. You cad. You bounder. You magnificent son of a gun. Son of a bitch. You hanged man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: okay. GG. That kind of brings us to the end of our episode. Do we have any listener correspondence? We do not, I think. Let me check my (laughs) (laughs) Twitter.
1: I like that side. We don't, maybe.
0: We don't have any new listener correspondence, but something that happened in our off week was that I ran a bunch of uh, Twitter polls about uh, asking people who they preferred out of characters with the same or very similar names. Oh, So okay. probably the, an example I can talk about with you is, like, who do you prefer out of these antagonists? D-O in, you know, <laughs> all caps. capital D and then lowercase I-O and yeah. D-O in all caps. <laughs> okay,
1: all right. How many of them are going to show up? What do you mean? Well, I mean, if that's the only one you can tell me right now, it sounds like in the future we're going to have more people who have the same name as previous people, but now they're in all caps.
0: No, it's not all like
1: that. Okay, <laughs> all right. I was just... I'm just thinking it's like the next character is going to be called Joseph, but in all caps. Well, uh, there's no harm in telling you this. Um, The fourth Jojo's
0: name is Josuke. I know that. Um, I know uh, that. And the eighth one... Is also called Josuke, but it's spelt with different characters in Japanese. Oh, I see. Interesting. So things like that. So, so in like... English, it's both Josuke. <laughs> but we're like. So I said, I said, who do you prefer, Josuke or Josuke? <laughs> are they both spelt the same in English? Yes. Oh no, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of
1: our. We didn't do our other segments. Well, go on then, Nick. What do
0: you think our highlights and lowlights for this week
1: are? Uh, well. My highlight definitely has to be, uh, something. Probably <laughs> probably the camels. The camels were the best part. That's of a
0: episode. good bit. I do really like Joseph talking about how he's watched Lawrence of Arabia three yeah. times. Well, not really, no, but... Not at all, <laughs>
1: you know. And then it's like, okay, so here's how a camel moves. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, sure. Let's <laughs> go with that. It's great. My highlight is,
0: uh, Jotaro's sick binocs action. <laughs> Where it's just like, I need to
1: view. Zoom and <laughs> enhance. <laughs> <laughs> But it makes perfect sense. It does. It's beautiful. Oh. Low lights. I want to say the sheer stupidity of the end. Where they're just like, yeah, this is really dumb. I'm like, that doesn't make It's it a any pretty better. good fake out though. It's good. It's good. But I was thinking like, oh, so the stand flips the space. So he's going to nope. throw the rock at it and it's going to be a fake rock and he's going to be behind. No, 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 that's not what happens. It's just a mirror. Just a mirror. That's all it Just is. Just a big dumb idiot who thought he could take him. Yep. He has an air conditioning unit. He has a Red
0: Bull fridge. <laughs> oh yeah, they also stole all his water, so he's gonna die. Oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> like how they left um, ZZ, chained to that rock. Oh, yeah. And then they're like,
1: well, you're gonna find your own way. It's like, I'll die out here. It's like, well... they, they, they chained him to a rock and gagged him. Yeah. It's like, please don't interrupt me, I'm doing training. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone. He's a goner. R.I.P. Yeah, I mean, that as much as a low light as it can be. Yeah, what, what is my other low light? Um, Maybe the foreshadowing?
0: No, I, I really like
1: that. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's my highlight. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that my low light is... I thought I was thinking something by the time I said that.
1: <laughs> um, this is the problem with saying without thinking, is that... I think just the
0: whole thinking? car buying sequence is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, it, it, how you couldn't write a cheque yeah. for the camels. Well, and
0: also, like, the, hey, we're in the UAE, let's buy a really expensive car and then trade it for camels. and mm. It's all a little bit sort of trading quest. Yeah, it's a bit weird. That is true. So, Nick. Yeah, what? What do you think's going to happen next week on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, in the episode entitled... Do you even know? <laughs> I may have had a bit of a mental blank. I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. <laughs> I'm gonna check I can't even check Because the internet's down Let's say Let's go with this I'm pretty confident The episode entitled Death 13
1: Death 13 Death 13 Oh Ooh Death 13
0: Death 13
1: Why 13? Well I guess I have to figure that out Yeah That's
0: part of the puzzle Is it essential to the identity of your stand? Is it just a weird name? We'll never know is he just a douchebag wearing a cool cloak? Nick, what do you think Death 13's deal is? They're going to that place to get that Cessna?
1: Yeah, yam Rile or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's probably not yam It's something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, Yarnum. Yeah. So, they're going to New Yarnum, right? Uh, after, you know, the world exploded. So... Jeterow will be
0: reborn as a squid.
1: Yeah. I reckon... So, the way that we've had every single uh, episodic structure happen so far has been... Episode where they reach the place, episode where they're in the place, episode where they're still in the place, but then they're going to go.
0: Fair few hotel episodes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So this time I reckon it's going to be much the same deal where they know where they're going. This episode they're in the place, or they've just reached the place. They're going to be in the place for the second part. The village? No. Where they're buying the Cessna? No, they're going to be in the desert heading there. Okay. And then the last one will be getting the Cessna and leaving. I mean,
0: this was kind of in the desert heading there though. It was. Because if you break it up into Mm. the two-chapter structure that um, the manga released it in, I'm pretty sure chapter one was buying the car and stuff, and then chapter two was stuck in the desert being killed by the sun, Yeah, which is kind of the desert travel arc
1: there. Yeah, that is true. That does kind of feel like a pretty conclusive thing. Okay, so they're going to reach this village. Yep. They're going to reach this village, and they're going to be stuck there because they can't get their hands on this Cessna. Or rather, they want to get into the village, but they're not allowed in. Oh, Guard the gates, exactly. pay the toll. Exactly. So there's some reason why they can't get And into. cash and checks are no good out here. Yeah, so there's some reason why they can't get into the village. They're not going to do the same thing with the fog. Where Joseph the is, is, is like, oh, if only I bought that all-terrain vehicle. <laughs> I would have been able to trade it in here. Yeah, Yeah. it won't be like uh, Justice where it's all mist and it's all a fake village. It's all one giant fake out. It'll be a real village. It'll be a real village, but they're not letting him in. Right. Death has something to do with this. Right, okay. He's made it so that they're not allowed in. Maybe he's convinced them, maybe... Do um, you
0: mean... Because we had a very literal stand interpretation this time. Oh. So, the sun. So, do you... When you say death is not letting them in, do you mean, like, the The, figure of the Grim Reaper? No. Or just, like, the guy who embodies the Death Car? The the
1: guy who embodies the Death Car. I don't think the Grim Reaper's gonna... Well, he might show up, actually. (laughs) It could just be that every time they try to buy anything, death just shows up and kills them. What? So, like, it... Okay, so imagine they're at the gates. And they're like, man, I could go for some food. Hey, you there. Tell me. Do you sell food here? And then he goes, "Ah, why... Huh. This guy just died. That's weird. You there. Call an ambulance. Sure. He just died. Huh. Maybe we should just quickly go buy that Cessna. They go find the guy who's selling the Cessna. And they go up to him and go, hey, we want that Cessna right now. It's like, cool. That'll be...
0: And he dies. I guess, suppose my question there with that idea is, then why don't they just leave in it?
1: Yeah, touche. That's not going to happen then. Um <laughs> Okay, so... oh But then what would death do? Because we've already had the fake village. That's what's getting me. Like, you would think death, oh, you just murdered the whole village. But we've already done well, that. But what kind of power do you think death would be? Uh, probably killing people. That uh, tracks. Yeah. Um So... Some kind of thing... Or maybe instilling fear into people. That's something, okay. So maybe it's something to do with them going insane. So in this one, they're already, you know, borderline heatstroke. But this one... They're under a lot of stress. Yeah, maybe this one, death kind of goes, Hey, you can no longer control your own emotions because I'm going to control one of you. Fight each other. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Mirror battle. (laughs) With a literal mirror. Again! Yeah, maybe it's something to do with the fact that death makes them feel real down. Like, over time... So the longer they stay in this village, the more like lethargic they become. Okay. Or something to that effect. Alright, that seems like a fairly
0: Oh, I-, I guess my last question is, do you have any idea what the death person would be like? Probably a douchebag.
1: Um, that tracks? Yep. That tracks what we know about stand users. Yep. Yeah. He's gonna have a quirk. You know how um Centrifold was like a mummy and uh what's his face? Well the Hanged Man was. Yeah, the Hangman was a mummy, and Dan of Steel was like a bug man. Yeah, uh, and that he, like, always sipped coffee. Yep. And Senefold was, like, this weird, grotesque, like, Nosferatu dude. <laughs> um, so he's going to have a quirk of some kind. Okay. I reckon it's going to be one where it's just, like, he always wears a hood. Okay, yeah. But then the stand doesn't, which would be hilarious. Any thoughts on what the stand might look like? If it's going to be some kind of foreboding thing, I don't think it's going to be a person or an animal or anything okay, like that. Okay, so it may-, it may be a bit more abstract, like, just. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's going to be something where... Uh, or like the sun, where it's just a literal sun. So yeah, I maybe mean, okay. this one will just be like... Cloud of gloom over them. Yeah, just like a shadow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. All right.
0: Now that actually brings us to the end of our episode. Hey! We did it. Hey, if you like the show, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a rating or review on iTunes. Though, uh, more appreciative if it was a positive one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll just say it's good either way, to be honest. <laughs> or just get...
0: tell a friend, you know. If your friends out there like Jojo, they might like this. We're cool.
1: Are we? Uh, I mean.
0: Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. We do a lot of Star Wars um b-rolls <laughs> <laughs> lately, so let's talk about something else. Like, like JoJo. Like Metal Gear. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, have sure. you played any of the or well, watched any of the Friday the Thirteenth game? No, I haven't. Uh, I was homesick a couple of days this week, uh, and I spent one of those days just watching people stream it. It's good fun. Is it? That... Yeah. Because it seems a lot like Dead by Daylight. I haven't played Dead by Daylight, but from what I've read on the, the Something Awful thread for Friday the 13th, mm. it gets right a lot of stuff that Dead by Daylight didn't do so great. Okay. Just in terms of making, like, the... The game fun? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going to say it in so many words, but, you know, in making the the, the killer threatening yeah and you know not making you entirely reliant on not being fucked over by your uh, teammates but still having you know a cooperative -cooperative semi-cooperative vibe an element of cooperation is required to some degree but not not to the extent you don't have to be like i don't know if dead by daylight does this because i haven't played as i said
1: but you don't have to be like optimum to have any chance of surviving yeah optimal rather that feels about right because the problem with dead by daylight was as soon as you started if the killer found you you Mm -hmm. were like well that's it we lose I'm fucked. <laughs> okay, yeah. In in this, it's like, if the killer finds you,
0: it's basically like, oh, I'm fucked. But everyone else can still.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or
0: And you can also, like, kite him around for a good five minutes if you're on your game. And if you're lucky, he might get distracted by something else in that time and you can live to fight another day. Oh, man. In some of the streams I watched, people would uh would sort of barter with him. Because hmm. there's voice chat. The voice chat is interesting because survivors can only hear each other if they're in proximity to each other, unless they find a radio. Right. But Jason can also do hear and communicate via the proximity chat, ah.
1: not the radio chat.
0: So um, people will be sort of pleading for their life with the Jason who who may respond or may not. <laughs> um, so sometimes people will be like, okay, you don't want to kill me right now, Jason. They're over there fixing the car. You should go over there and, ah. and you know, come back for me later. I'm easy pickings. But if they escape in that car, you know, they're gone for good.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So you can actually backstab your dudes. Definitely. Oh, that's actually... Uh, that's interesting. I like that. The other way you can backstab your dudes if is if you're a real shitter,
0: is by escaping with some of the items that they, they would need to do one of the other escape methods. <laughs> so like the keys to the yeah, car. Because it varies a bit from map to map, but basically the, th- the ways that you can escape are either repairing and escaping in the car. Mm -hmm. Similarly, there's a boat with similar components. Yeah. And there's also, you can call the cops. Oh. And if you call the cops, uh, they will appear at one of the two routes that can be used to escape in the car, like the road. Mm. And if you can run to where they are, then you don't need a car to escape by that route.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: The other thing you can do is, through a very complex series of events, uh, kill Jason. (laughs) You can kill Jason! What you need to do, spoiler alert for Friday the 13th, (laughs) because this is a... It's an obtuse thing that's meant to be quite obtuse. Well, I mean, it is Jason. A so. female counsellor uh-huh. can go to Jason and his mother's cabin uh-huh. and get to the shrine of Jason's mother's head Yep, and take her sweater. Mm-hmm. That's step one. Yep. Putting on the sweater. Y- yeah, okay. Step two is a couple of people need to die uh, okay. and then uh-huh. you can call in Tommy Jarvis, who is a character from the... Friday the 13th movies and he has like all the best stats and basically he's an opportunity for someone who died to come to get a second chance and also be super tough for a bit
1: I guess yeah yep
0: okay so someone needs to be Tommy Jarvis okay then you need to start wailing on Jason with weapons and stuff and knock off his mask and Tommy needs to pick it up oh I don't know why but that's just a condition then if the person wearing the sweater presses some button uh-huh. uh then Jason will fall to his knees stunned for a bit Right. But you can only do this once. And After that, just... the sweat has been used up. Yeah. And then if Tommy's there with a... I think he might need a machete. Mm-hmm. And he presses then the interact button near Stun Jason. He sticks Notice the machete the... through his head. And huh. survivors
1: win. Well, shit. It does feel very obtuse. But I reckon we could pull it off. <laughs> I think, you know, other groups wouldn't be able to pull it off. But we're different. I think it is. it
0: does require such a complex series of events that... It largely only happens with groups that are actively trying to do it, Mm. or even with a sort of a Jason who's in on it. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to see a stream the other day where it just happened to come together quite nicely. It was pretty
1: cool. It does sort of feel like you would either have to have a team that is, like, so on point that it'd be ridiculous. Because the thing is, getting the sweater, Mm. if you go
0: into Jason's cabin, uh, Jason's mum lets him know you're there. Yeah. Because he... Has her voice talking to him constantly, and she's like, I don't, know, I don't know, I haven't heard it from his perspective, but she lets him know they're in the cabin, mm. and then he'll come and kill you, because <laughs> he can teleport. Because he can teleport, as is Jason is to be. <laughs> then also, knocking off the mask takes a bit of work, because you've got to wail on Jason a fair bit, and if you get close to him,
1: he's probably going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like the hardest part, is hitting Jason back. Because how many uh, badges does he have from scouts? Like 50? Is 50 scout badges? I'm not sure what you're going for (laughs) here. Well, the whole point of Jason was that he was a boy scout. No, he was a summer camp kid. No, I thought he was a scout who passed, like, every single one of the...
0: Not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen the movies, but I just know that he was, like, a a special needs kid who drowned and then his mum went nuts. But then it turns out he wasn't dead and he became the murderer from that point on.
1: Oh, okay. I thought he was, like, a boy scout. Not that I'm aware of. Who was, like, really good at everything and that's why he's really good at setting traps. I think he just likes traps. Oh okay. He does become like a death elemental later. <laughs> does he? After he gets
0: killed and then struck by lightning and revived. Okay, I feel like we need to. And watch then he goes for to the, the future. that <laughs> was, was like he is- took Manhattan.